Welcome to Worldwide Wrestling of the World! Morning. How are you? I'm Dr. Worm. Before we go any further, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LegitWWW. And do you enjoy this podcast? Well, we like making it for you. Please give us a rating or write a review. It really does help us out. And with that, let's get into the highlights from this week's episode of Monday Night Ignite. week's Monday Night Ignite began on an uplifting note, with a singles match pitting Kemp Kemp against Acapella. Two weeks ago, we saw a demoralized and eerily silent Acapella accompany Lance to the ring, the monstrosity responsible for taking his voice. Last week, though, Timetaker informed us that his voice was within himself the entire time. He need only win his next match to get it back. We've learned to never doubt the Time Traveler, and it seems Acapella had faith in his words also. Acapella came bounding down the ramp, and while he was still silent, his spirits were definitely riding high. It was great seeing this wrestler full of life again, and it led to a very enjoyable match. Kemp Kemp wasn't deterred by the rejuvenated singer, and came out of the gate strong. He is a big dude, despite all the donuts he puts away, and he used his size and strength to his advantage. He kept Acapella as close to him at all times as possible, trying to ground the high flyer in an effort to limit his arsenal. Acapella has a lot more speed than the big man, though, and was able to nimbly avoid the attempted sonic implosion. With a little room to work with, Acapella repeatedly attacked Kemp Kemp from the top of the turnbuckle, hitting him with a missile drop kick, quickly followed by a huge move. Kemp Kemp tried escaping to the outside, but that didn't stop the aerial attacks. Instead, just making them deadlier. Acapella launched himself over the ropes in a huge crossbody, crashing into Kemp Kemp and taking him into the barricade. He rolled Kemp Kemp back into the ring and finished him off with a big shooting star press from the top of the turnbuckle, getting the one, two, three. As the bell rang out his victory, Acapella let out a heavenly yell and immediately went into perfect harmony. The next match on the card was one we've been looking forward to since it was announced. The newly formed Jacket Balls against the Baker Boys. The story of the rivals teaming up isn't exactly unique in wrestling, but this is one that we at the podcast really didn't see coming. Jean Jacket and Grandma Maze Balls have been bitterly feuding for almost a year and are such different types of people. Bonded by the maniacal antics of Berserker, they appear to be taking this tag team business seriously. The Baker Boys are standing at an impressive 4-2 record and are looking for a victory here to be able to challenge for the Tag Team Championship at next week's pay-per-view. While usually cohesive, the Baker Boys' performance seems to completely depend on how many magic brownies they've cooked up that day. 
The Jacket Balls have yet to be tested as a team inside the ring, although individually Jean Jacket and Grandma Mazeballs are two of the top-tier wrestlers in the WWW. From the very beginning, we knew we'd be seeing big things from Jacket Balls. First off, they came out riding the goddamn Factory Cat GTR battery-powered floor scrubber completely decked out in Jacket Balls merch. This mostly consisted of denim jackets and what looked like truck nuts hanging all over it. But hey, we've somehow seen worse gear. As the match got underway, it was clear that while Jean Jacket and Grandma Mazeballs are solid singles competitors, they are fantastic as a team. We would never suspect rivals would make such great chemistry, but they were incredibly cohesive for the entire match. The difference was very noticeable compared to the Baker Boys, who seemed to be a few magic brownies in at this point. They were sluggish and telegraphing all their big moves. Jacket balls, on the other hand, were frequently tagging in and out and effectively cutting the ring in half. Muff Baker only saw maybe a minute or two of the legal man before he was drop kicked off the apron. Using their numbers advantage, Jacket Balls double-teamed Duff Baker and hit him with their devastating finisher, the Double Dicker, and got the 1-2-3. And then we move to the main event of the evening, the fatal four-way match where the winner moves on to next week's Four Corners pay-per-view for a shot at the top title. This match featured four of the top WWW competitors, duking it out for a chance at gold and glory. First to the ring was Lanch, who we have really only seen beating up on acapella these past few months. He's always been a solid competitor, and when he's actually trying to win, seems to be damn near unstoppable. He's a great heel. The fans properly hate him and really give him a lot of heat. Next on the ramp was Dandy Brand, who despite being billed as a babyface, also took a lot of heat from the crowd. The fans just don't like him. He has no personality or uniqueness to him, and he wins almost every match that he's in. It shouldn't have come as a surprise, but as soon as he got to the ring, Lanch immediately attacked him, not waiting for the other two competitors to make an entrance. They attacked with the audience, and Dandy Brand, by surprise. And he hit the ground hard from a huge gut wrench powerbomb. While Lanch was looking to get a quick win before the rest of the competition could make their way to the ring, Rado came sprinting down the ramp to join the fray. He immediately went after the 621 pound Lanch, trying to take him out of the knees and ring the big boy down. Dandy Brand, meanwhile, just whimpered in the corner. The last competitor to make their way to the ring was perhaps the most shocking. We weren't sure if Joey Pepperoni would still be in this match, seeing as how he legitimately killed his brother-in-law, Tony Baloney, last week inside the ring. He's been charged with second-degree murder, and he was brought to the ring in handcuffs and accompanied by law enforcement, who waited ringside to be able to collect him after the match. This is something we never thought we'd be witnessing. But here we are. It's been that kind of year. This is a whole new Joey Pepperoni, and everyone was just in awe seeing him here at all. His usual fun-loving personality has been replaced with complete ruthlessness, and his playful ring antics substituted with aggression. He calmly walked to the ring and went right for Dandy Brand, who was still cowering in the corner. <laughs> Pulling him to his feet, Pepperoni gave him a huge release German suplex, hurling Dandy Brand clear across the ring. Watching the replay, it was clear that Danny Brand hit the mat at an awkward angle and immediately began clutching his neck slash shoulder area. Danny Brand didn't do anything else for the rest of the match. He just rolled out of the ring and laid there on the ground. Joey Pepperoni then turned his attention to Lanch, thinking that himself and Rado should be able to take down the big man. 
Despite his enormous size though, Blanche is even bigger than he seems and wouldn't go down that easily. They were able to get him into a corner and were taking turns chopping and stomping the big man, but he seemed impervious to their blows. And then, out of nowhere, a crawling fog enveloped the arena, surrounding the ring. Time Tanker rolled out from under the ring skirt and pulled Blanche out of the ring. These two have had some back and forth regarding Acapella and Blanche's general behavior, but it was still incredibly surprising to everybody to see Time Tanker actually get involved like this. Rado took advantage of this brief moment of confusion and delivered his patented mountain climber to Joey Pepperoni, quickly followed up by the descent, earning him the one, two, three. With this victory, Rado now gets a chance to head to the Four Corners pay-per-view main event and a shot at the top title against Duke Wellington. Well, folks, in this business, veterans eventually have to retire to make way for the new men and women of the ring to keep the story and the business going. We here at the podcast wanted to pull back the curtain just a little bit to let you in on the trials and tribulations of life as a WWW signee. Hey folks, backstage here with Mike Moore. Mike, welcome back to the podcast, man. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Good. Just wanted to check in. Last time we spoke, um, you seemed to be pretty upset with uh, Jim Jones, but now we've got you and your sister, Jilly Blanks, mm. teaming up to face Jim Jones and Karen Cage at this Four Corners pay-per-view match. Walk us through what you're thinking, man. How's training been with your sister? She was your original trainer. Uh, when you first entered the WWW, so that's huge news. Yeah, you know, I feel no, so yeah, I feel great, man. I feel great. Life's a lasso, as they say. You know, you try a little bit of this, you try a little bit of that, and then you go back home. You know, you go back to the biscuits and gravy. You know, that's that's me and Jilly. Uh, this is what brought me out here. You know, her style. You know, I might not have uh, necessarily set the world on fire um, with my initial uh, debut in the ring, but um, it was her uh, training that uh, really got me feeling good about myself. And, uh, you know, back on the water, which has been huge, uh, cold, hot, tepid, clean is preferred. Big difference just inside and out uh, with, <laughs> well, to be frank, with one and two, uh, those movements have been very uh They've been they've been great. Walk us through that difference there between you. You had uh, a few weeks there with uh, Jim Jones, and uh, you know, experimenting, trying to find out who you are as a person through the eyes of of Jim Jones, the teachings of Jim Jones, and uh, you went with that full board, and now you're back with uh, Jilly Blanks. I got to say, Mike, we've known each other now for a while, a couple of years couple years you sound pretty pretty good you sound like really confident and uh, dare i say healthy yeah i i feel good you know you, you, you i came out of the out of the the running blocks uh goody two shoes you know the good kid the kid next door the girl next door really got kicked around the block and then uh, uh put on a different colored shirt if you will this one was dark this one had an Arby's roast beef sandwich in his hand. Uh, started rolling with a tough crowd, the landscaping crew, and uh, things got a little sour. Uh, then we have the spiritual awakening, um, trying new things with this Jim Jones guy. And, uh, you know, I, I was been open to all these experiences, but, his, you know, his cockamamie approaches to freaking wrestling were just after a while was like, enough, dude. Like, this can't be right. I don't know. It wasn't myself. So uh, who do you feel yourself with mostly? Blood, family. So Jilly and I, 
look out because we're coming for you. That is, if you're our opponent in the ring, everyone else will be coming for your friendship, not in adversarial attacking. Don't worry. But our opponents should because we're going to kill them. We're going to f- fight them. That's That sounds better. But yeah, Jilly's got us back up early, running a mile right to the Tybo, keeping us real tight. Cardio's never been better. I would like to reawaken my arms because they have not punched in a while. So that will be a, a very nice addition. And uh, so we're getting into that next week. But she said Tybo first, punching second. And I said... You're the doctor. So real quick, I want to touch on on Jilly Blanks, actually, as a wrestler herself. A few weeks ago, she did get into a little bit of a scuffle with Karen Cage. And this mm. is the reason why you guys have teamed up to face Jim Jones and, and Karen Cage. She's getting a lot of buzz around the wrestling world. And the WWW, as we know, doesn't have a women's division. And there seems to be a lot of clamor online for Jilly to be signed as the first woman wrestler for WWW. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll be the first to, to sign that ballot. I'll tell you that much. Look, a woman is like a beaver, all right? They are creative, resourceful, unsuspecting. While you may think this soft, furry, nice thing is doing stuff above the water, underneath, they're building battleships. They're building houses. They're getting crazy. They're getting ready for the winter. That's what I'm talking about. Jilly is a goddamn beaver. And if you don't get that, I'll see you in the... No, no, no. What I think would be amazing is if this whole place could see that, one, there should be a lady league, and two, there should be what we got going here, the mixed tag, because uh, it's going to be great. A lot of different opportunities for a lot of different stuff. Um, she's a little uh, quicker on her feet than I am. I'm more of a tank. She's more of a, what's the opposite of a tank? Scabs. Uh, Hurry. A bike? She's a two-speed bike. Ten-speed would be overdoing it. Two-speed lets you know where you're coming from. I'm getting up the hill. If the hill's too steep, go to the other speed. So I'm all on board. Uh, I think she's got a lot to show the world. Keep it in the family. Yeah, I see a lot of great things from this opportunity. Cannot wait for the fight. And I'm behind her 100%. All right, Mike, uh, we here at the podcast wish you the best of luck in your now second pay-per-view match. So good luck with your match here. And uh, we'll leave it there. What a ride. Am I right, Scabs? Me and you. Mike Moore, everybody. And now a quick word from our sponsors. If you're interested in supporting us, Visit our sponsors, or better yet, check out our website at www.legitwww.com, where you can make a donation or purchase some merchandise to help us out. We'll be right back. A lack of empathy threatens one of daytime's greatest couples on the next episode of When the Sun Goes Down. I asked you before I left. You looked me in the eye and said you were okay. I know. I was okay at the time, but maybe I need some help. You know I love you. You know I would do anything for you, but this, this crosses the line. I didn't think it was that serious. You were gone for so long. It was only ten minutes, Colby. Every second without you is a tiny cut to my heart. I don't know if I'm ready to forgive you. It was just one french fry, Phoebe. I didn't think it was a big deal. There are so many left for you to eat. Not a big deal? The day is just starting when the sun goes down. Weekdays on MSTV. 
Now let's take a look at the developing news stories from the past week in Worldwide Wrestling of the World. This week, the ongoing trouble between Jim Jones and Mike Moore finally boiled over. Mike seems to have seen the error of his ways after blindly following Jim Jones. Jim's advice and training has meant nothing but trouble for Mike, so Mike is dropping him in favor of being trained by his sister, Jilly Blanks. In response, Jim Jones seems to be teaming up with Karen and Gideon Cage in a faction to take these two out. Karen's beef with Jilly stems from their run-in last week when Jilly stopped Karen from interfering in Timetaker's matchup with Gideon. In the most exciting news out of WWW, and as long as we can remember, they finally announced the creation of the WWW Women's Division. While details on that are still scarce, we know it's happening, and that the upcoming Four Corners pay-per-view will include WWW's first ever mixed tag match, with Karen Cage and Jim Jones taking on Mike Moore, Jilly Blanks. Women wrestling in the WWW, I never thought I'd see the day. In addition to this highly anticipated match, we got more details on next week's pay-per-view, taking place at the Four Corners Landmark, located at the nexus of the four states of Utah, New Mexico, Arizona, and Colorado. WWW is currently constructing a ring and promising an amazing show. Planning an entire pay-per-view that takes place in all four states is proving challenging because of inconsistencies in state laws and regulations. When asked to comment, Chairman Angela Nardelli would only say, Utah is proving to be the biggest problem. Other matches on the card include Time Tanker vs. Lanch, a tag title match between Trace Ombres and Jacket Balls, and the Four Corners match. So far, all we know is that this match will feature Duke, Wellington, and Rado facing off for the top title. Rado should have home court advantage for at least a quarter of the match if he can make it over state lines. What up, people? Scabbard here. And now, a word from our sponsors. Or sponsor. Or sponsors. Anyway, here's, here's the advertisement. Stop using a bell or a string and embrace the precision of dead ringer doorbells. Whether you're in your basement or six feet under, dead ringer doorbells will make sure you are heard. Hi folks, I'm Donnie Deadringer. My family has owned and operated Dead Ringer doorbells out of our Main Street location for over 150 years. If you've buried a loved one but think there might be just a little life left in that old bag of bones, give us a call. We've successfully exhumed thousands of bodies from the grave that were entombed under false or in some cases deliberate pretenses. But don't take it from me, take it from our completely satisfied customers. I was just taking a nap. Then when I opened my eyes, I couldn't see anything except for the brilliant glow of my dead ring doorbell. So I pushed it. Next thing I knew, there's an excavator digging me out of a hole six feet deep. Thanks, dead ring doorbells. Dead ring doorbells. Ringing a little more life out of those once considered dead as a doornail. Hey, Coloradians, it's Rado. Whenever I'm grabbing a big can of the Rockies, I sit down and listen to Worldwide Wrestling of the World. Make sure to like and subscribe. Is that what they do? 
That was another fantastic showing from Monday Night Ignite here at the WWW. A lot of things to touch base on this week before we go into the the news segments and the future of this promotion. Really, I want to touch base. Sorry, can I cut in real quick? You already did, so yes. I think there's a spot on the floor over there. Is that going to be a problem during this this segment? Listen, I'm not just about clean floors, okay? Yes, it's important. Cleanliness is a, a virtue. And we do need to have clean floors. You're right. And yes, that's going to be an issue. So uh, we'll call someone in to clean this up and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Okay. I just wanted to point it out before. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's enough. That's enough. Mm-hmm. I want to start with acapella getting his voice back. This seems to me to mean that the curse of Lanch is over. Uh, what I am wondering, though, Scabbard, maybe you can answer this for me, is should we be worried about any retribution or fallout from Lanch? He's not the most pleasant of people. Is this something that you think he'll be stewing over and, and we'll see some some fallout from? I don't think Lanch is someone you want to mess with. And so the fact that Acapella has his voice back, the fact that Acapella you know, is now out of the shadow of Lanch, if you will. Um, I don't think that Lanch is going to be uh, moving on from this. I wouldn't be surprised if Lanch would attack Acapella or start to ruin Acapella once Acapella achieves um, the most success he, he has seen at WWW. That, to me, feels like a Lanch move. Um, and so I wouldn't count Lanch out at all. I think he's always in the shadows. Yeah, and he's known to carry a grudge. There's no way that this doesn't come back to haunt Akka at some point, but it was fun to see him, even though he didn't have his voice at the beginning of the match, to come back with that renewed sense of purpose. There was hope, basically, that he could get his voice back if he did what he did, and he made it happen, which speaks to, like, sort of, um, you know, a, a grit and determination that I didn't really know Acapella had. Yeah, definitely nice to see. Um, something else that was nice to see was the Jackaballs sort of bucking the WWW norms and actually winning their debut match. Not something we typically see, uh, which is something you would expect to see, but this is the WWW and things are never as they appear. So my question for, for you, Frankie, is between this brand new tag team that we have on the scene, who seems to be pretty hot, and the newly energized Time Killers, what does this mean for the tag division of the WWW? It's definitely good for the tag division. We've we've seen the laziness of the booking so far this uh, this year, and and we've had very few tag teams to see work against each other. And uh, I don't know about you guys, I, I can't watch another matchup of the Trace Hombres and the Rancho Randos. So any new tag team would have been welcome, but the fact that it's jacket balls is my favorite thing that's ever happened. Just to point out as well, I mean, Jean Jacket, Grandma Maze Balls, these were guys who were at each other's throat for a while. They were, they were, no question were rivals. No question were competitors. They, there was no inclination of like, oh, maybe one day we'll work together and this and that. So it's surprising to see, and it's kind of weird to see these guys now all of a sudden getting along. But when the WWW gets it right, they get it right. This is working out great. That They looked great in the ring. They were working together as a as a team that seemingly has been together for for years, and I think that they're gonna they're gonna ride that jacket balls all the way to the top. I mean, I don't know. They I don't see anybody stopping them. Jacket balls looked very impressive. It looks like they've been doing it for years, and um, I'm all on board for the jacket balls. Get me a jacket, put some balls on it. I'm I'm wearing it. Yep. 
The jacket balls looked impressive, but let's be honest here, okay? All of us need to really take a step back and say, the true impressiveness of the jacket balls is the Factory Cat GTR battery-powered floor scrubber. They come down riding that thing, their jacket balls are flaring in the wind, and it, it, it sends chills down my spine if I had a spine. It's, it's, it's amazing to see. It's something that's it's like a painting come to life. It's hard to describe it. You need to be there. You need to see it. You need to really take in the beauty of this thing. I just want to see more of that, too. I'm really looking forward to that. That is also something that will be happening, is what I'll say about that. Yes. Lastly, we had the Fatal 4-Way. There's a lot that happened here. It seemed like this match was really geared for setting up future matches more than anything else. Seeing Time Tinker come in and sort of start that feud with Lanch was surprising. We got to see Joey Pepperoni arrive in handcuffs, so I guess he was arrested. That that answers our previous questions. And Dandy Brand got injured, seemingly, in this match also. Scabbard, I want you to start to break this down a little bit for me. We'll start with Rado. Finally moving on for a shot at the top title, winning this Fatal 4-Way. Is this something that you expected to happen? If you had asked me this question a year ago, I would have said no. But... Rado has, uh, much like the Time Killers, uh, Rado has some some serious motivation. He's got a new fixation on being the top guy. He looks more determined than ever. He's out to prove that he's more than just his namesake. And so um, it's an impressive win, especially against a Dandy Brand, Lanch, Joey Pep. I mean, you've got potential murderer in the ring. Joey Pepperoni. You've got Lance. Alleged, ju- alleged murderer. Uh, alleged murderer in the ring with Joey Pepperoni. You've got Lanch, who we've just outlined is someone you don't want to have on your bad side. He's a dick. Right. And you've got Dandy Brand, a guy who's been pushed by WWW as the, the poster boy. So he's going up against a whole hell of a lot here in this match. And for him to come out on top, that's huge for Rado. Uh, I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he I hope he uh, achieves his goals there. But he's looking like a brand new character, and I know that seems like kind of a, a record on repeat from me. But I just call it how I see it, man. And and Rado is is uh, he's on his way, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does get the top title. I don't think we can underestimate his motivation going into this match. The potential's there. The winner gets to go to the Four Corners match, potentially actually get to Colorado for the first time in. I mean, I've never seen him there. It seems that events have conspired to keep him from realizing that dream. And, and you know, we all know he puts the Rado in Colorado, but we actually haven't seen it happen yet. From the moment he entered this match, uh, he was in it to win it because he just desperately wants to get to Colorado. And well, for me, the, the issue is, yes, he does have the motivation and we've got this touching story and we know how desperately he wants to get to Colorado. But is that enough when it comes to competitors like Joey Pepperoni, Danny Brand, and Lanch especially? For me, I think Rado really owes his victory to Time Tanker. Coming in at the last minute, pulling Lanch out of the ring, I honestly don't think anyone could beat Lanch when he's actually trying. But having Time Tanker there to, to take him out of the fight really earned Rado that spot, in my opinion. I mean, Time Tanker has a one-up on all of us. I don't know if you believe in fate. Do worms believe in fate? It depends on the worm. Hmm. Well, I don't know if it's fate. I don't know if it's just having um, experience in the future. Clearly, Time Tanker sees something in Rado or has saw something in Rado or has seen what happens to Rado. There's a reason why he did what he did. Rado is on his way. 
I'm hoping that it turns out well for him. I really do. But Time Tanker is that guiding hand. You know, he's that guy who, if he likes you, he's gonna he's gonna guide you in the right path. And if he doesn't like you, well, you know, he'll he'll set you down a, a road that that you might not want to go down. Hopefully, Time Tanker likes Rado. Put it that way. Yeah. I mean, it feels like he knew that that was who needed to be in the uh, Four Corners match. At, at the very least, he wanted to make sure he advanced and made sure that that happened. Why? I, I, obviously, we don't know yet, but uh, that seems to be important to Time Tanker. Well, speaking of big advancements, there's some huge news of the WWW with the creation of a women's division. Hey. Very exciting. Frankie, Frankie, I want you to tell us more about this creation. And also, you didn't really touch on this in the news segment. I'm wondering, are there any other female competitors that we might look forward to seeing? I don't know if we can look forward to seeing them just yet because there are a ton of fantastic, amazing female wrestlers out there that I would love to see the WWW tap. But, you know, we don't know who who they're going to want, who they're going to be targeting to get to come into the division. Uh, I have some ideas myself if, if they want any advice. But uh, there's a couple of female wrestlers out there that I would love to see. I will say that Rainbow Fight is somebody who I've been watching for quite some time now. She's fighting on some, you know, in some small promotions here and there, you know, sort of local shows. And I've seen her a couple of times and she's always been impressive to me and has great ring presence. Frankie, how does the WWW get this right? How do they get this women's division right in a way that doesn't belittle women's wrestling? I mean, well, they've got, they've got you know, a century of, of building up a wrestling division and they just do that again, but with people who have ovaries. I think the key is that you approach it exactly the same as you would as building up a, a men's division, but they're women. I hope we don't see any sort of like female-specific stipulations or the fact that the, the first match is going to be a mixed tag. I, I understand because they don't really have the talent for a full roster of, of female competitors at this point, but that's the kind of thing that I'm hoping that they avoid in the future. I totally get it being the first match out of the gate. There's already a lot of heat there between um, you know these four people and they've got some, some beef to sort through, but I'm hoping that they refrain from making these incredibly talented athletes a sideshow to the male athletes who are also, you know, credit where credit's due, amazing to watch. But just treat them the same, basically. Frankie, you want to tell us a little bit about that beef? Oh, between Karen and uh, and Jilly? Give us give us the beef. This is the ongoing. I mean, it's been ongoing for quite some time. Obviously, Karen is, she's not fallen out with Gideon, but she seems to have fallen in. They seem to have fallen in with Jim as well. You know, they've created this, I, I believe they're calling it the Pseudoscience League, their faction. Although for some reason, they uh, abbreviated SSL as opposed to PSL, which would make sense and also be kind of funny that if that's what they're actually calling it because of the obvious you know funny uh, reference to the beverage but so Gideon will also be there is my understanding but the, the you know it kind of goes back to some of the, the uh, fights between you know Jim and Gideon when Karen was interfering and Jilly had to step in and sort of set her right and she absolutely did Karen I think is used to getting her own way a Karen they always uh, feel entitled to whatever they do and that, that it's absolutely right. And I think uh, having somebody walk up and kick you right in the face must have been kind of a shock, but that's absolutely what Jilly did. And so those two have had some problems ever since that happened. And then obviously Jilly and Mike, brother and sister, kind of recently reunited with her as his trainer and, as, and he got out of from under the thumb of, of Jim Jones. And then the beef between Jim and Mike is there as well. So I think there's a lot of things going on in terms of this mixed tag match. It's a lot of beef. Mm-hmm. Scabbard, we've heard all the beef. Can you take us home? 
I think I can take us home. If you like what you hear, if you like what we're doing over here on the podcast, give us a like, give us a rating, give us a subscribe, um, a review. Uh, really does help the podcast out. We really do appreciate it. Another episode in the books, another Monday Night Ignite in the books. It's really exciting to see WWW coming back from the disaster of, of WrestleMania. And uh, I think we've got ourselves a bona fide Goliath in the room. Is that the catchphrase? I think that's the catchphrase. Bonafide.